Welcome to Trauma Queen, where we normalize talking about some pretty hardship. I'm Jemenika Eborn, your certified trauma queen. I've been working with survivors of assault for over a decade. This season, we'll be talking with survivors with different backgrounds, identities, and life experiences. We'll talk about how different the experience of assault, support, and healing is for every one of us. In each episode, I'll give three new resources directly related to the topics we cover. For years, I've seen survivors portrayed without their voices being really heard. This changes now. Let's heal together. Hey y'all, I just wanna give you a little heads up. We may be talking about some really hard things, so I want you to take heed and take care of yourself if that means stepping away from an episode, if that means taking notes and looking back at things later, please do whatever you need to do for yourself. And I want to give a special thank you to our sponsor, Unbound, a woman-owned sexual awareness shop. I went through their products and tried to find at least one special thing for each episode. Today on the show, we'll be talking to Chrissy Chambers, a survivor who experienced her assault and healing while in the public eye. For Chrissy's episode, I chose the Unbound Shade. Because when I think about being in the public eye, you want to take some time to yourself, rest, self-care, and sometimes not see any people. At least that's what I would want to do. Would you feel the same way, Chrissy? Yeah, I would definitely feel the same (laughs) way. A break would be nice. So if you want to get these magical soft satin eye masks or any of their cute sexual wellness items, head over to unboundbabes.com and use the promo code TRAUMAQUEEN for 15% off any orders over $35. That code is Trauma Queen, T-R-A-U-M-A-Q-U-E-E-N, and go comment on all their cute shit and tell them I sent you. So we're going to like talk now, and I would like to have you introduce yourself, and what are your pronouns? My name is Chrissy Chambers, and my pronouns are she and her. Yeah, well, thank you for coming. So I think we'll just like jump in. Is that cool with you? That sounds great. Great. So just, you know, so we're all on the same page. This is going to be a conversation where we both ask each other questions. I want Chrissy to feel like she can ask whatever. And also like there's a lot of times when people are talking at you where you don't feel like you can necessarily like ask the questions. And so I want it to be just a conversation where we connect and just talk about things because this isn't about me this is for me to be able to give your story a platform thank you so much I'm excited (laughs) so I want to ask you why your story or perspective needs to be heard hmm I okay so I think that my story and perspective needs to be heard because my story and perspective is is just one part representative of many, many, many more parts, many more voices, and many more victims. And I feel that by me sharing my experience of assault and revenge porn, especially experiencing that in the public eye and being able to come out on the other side, I, I think that my story could inspire other people who have been victimized to come forward and fight for justice themselves, um, but also to find the strength they need to heal from it um, because there's a lot of internalized pain that goes goes with being a victim. And I, I just think that people need to hear that you can survive yeah. and you can be stronger 
at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And you're talking about like your strength, like in between, like, what do you think like your mental status was like when it first started versus like now? Mm. Um, well, I, it's so, it's very interesting because it's kind of, it's kind of like a three part trauma. Um, Mm -hmm. and we're, we're talking about part two. It's basically, it's like a two part trauma and we're talking about part two. Okay. So I had already been, I already had PTSD going into becoming a victim of revenge porn from this same ex. Definition time, y'all. Revenge porn. Revenge porn is a distribution of sexually explicit images or video of individuals without their consent. The term generally refers to the uploading of this sexually explicit material to humiliate and intimidate the subject. So I had already been, I already had PTSD going into becoming a victim of revenge porn from this same ex. And I think that my mindset when it happened or leading up to that point was, you know, I'm in the clear. I've gotten through this incredibly difficult time. He wasn't able to ruin my life. And then when the videos came out, my first thought was, he finally got me. He finally ruined my life. So... I would say that my mental state was incredibly poor. Um, it was just probably, you know, one of the darkest, darkest places I could have been in. And I, I wouldn't say that I wanted to end my life, but I definitely didn't want to be in it, living it. Yeah. And then everyone was just, I'm sure, commenting and having opinions. Absolutely. Yeah. Or either just our fan base, you know, questioning my moral compass, questioning who I was and my character to, you know, complete strangers just lambasting everything about me and, and saying I was a terrible person. It just put me in a really, in a hell of a place. I'm sure. Where do you see yourself in that situation today? Like mentally, like, are you still struggling with a lot of that? Or is- <sighs> uh, yes, yes, I am still struggling with it. I I gave up alcohol um, after almost dying, like in 2013, from mm-hmm. just trying to drink to escape my problems. Yeah. And I was sober for four years, seven months, 22 days, and then I relapsed t- two and a half weeks ago. And um, I almost died again. I, I drank a bottle of vodka and just trying to bury, bury the pain. And so I would say that for the most part, I've gained a lot of strength, but it's still an ongoing struggle. Yeah. And while this was going on, like, I know you have so much support, like people love you. Do you feel like any of that like shifted? I know you said like people were like questioning your moral compass. Like, how does how did that make you feel? Like what was going on there? Oh, gosh, having when you know who you are on the inside and something out of your control happened to you and having people judge you for it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the whole you know, oh, you shouldn't have worn a such a short skirt, you wouldn't have gotten raped type thing. Like, those are real people with real feelings and probably incredibly good and nice people that have been victimized. And, and so I just felt like I was kind of being crucified in the public eye with none of the facts about who I was and, and what kind of person I was uh, going into that judgment. Yeah, I mean, that makes so much sense. And there's, I think it's, we live in such an interesting world right now. 
like being you may not you don't even have to be like super famous people just always have an opinion and just feel like because they're behind a keyboard that they're like well I'm gonna give it to you and you're gonna receive it <laughs> yeah I know it's it's a weird place to be in right now um what were your biggest fears when it first happened hmm I think that my biggest fears when it first happened was that I would never be able to be okay again, that I would never get my dignity back, that mm -hmm. I couldn't get these videos down or that, um, you know, everything that my partner and I had worked for was going to be for nil, like all of it was just going to be water under the bridge, mm -hmm. um, just that everything I had worked for in my life would be stripped away. Where are you at now with those fears? I would say certainly that it wasn't everything that I had worked for wasn't stripped away. You know, now I'm married and I have a beautiful wife and we have a wonderful life together. And I've been able to get laws passed and inspire many victims. And that's all the while that even though the videos for the most part are off of the 37 different sites that they were uploaded to, they are still you know, available for download on torrent sites and the the links and um, everything is, is still searchable. So even in the midst of all those things I thought that my life could not overcome, I've been able to to get past them while they're still there. Yeah. I want to kind of like take a step back and like, how did this all happen? Uh, like how did you first get wind yeah. that this was happening? Well, I found out by a text of a fan slash friend who said, um, which at this point I was in Las Vegas, we were working on music and I was just in a really great state of mind. Our channel was doing well and growing and we were just feeling very fulfilled about the work we were doing. And all of a sudden I got a text that said, hey Chrissy, I just wanted you to know from someone who cares about you before you find out from the internet, that um, someone is going around saying you're a whore about a role model and a slut, and they're saying, look at these porn videos that you're in. And she said, I clicked a link just not even believing it, and I, it does look like you. I am so sorry. Mm -hmm. And so I had to, to Google myself, and then I found, um, I think the title was, Chrissy Chambers 18 Gets Fucked. And um, mm -hmm. that, when I clicked the link, because I didn't even... I'd never even consented to being on in any intimate, I'd never consented to any intimate moment in my life being yeah. on tape. So there I saw pulled up was my old apartment when I was 18 and I'm clearly blacked out and uh, I guess being taken advantage of. So I found out that that had happened to me at the same moment I found out that the rest of the world could see it too. That's scary as shit. Yeah. 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 What was your first thought? I fell, fell down on the ground and just felt like I'd been hit in the chest with a baseball bat. And I, I thought just my very first thought was he finally got me. Like his family and what his family had said, you know, for years. And he had said, like, I want to get a... Basically, I'd known for years that there was this intention to try to ruin my life for the previous trauma and get back at me and so my first thought was they finally did it they ruined my life yeah 
when when all of this was happening like what kind of support did you have when all of this was happening I had my girlfriend Bria at the time my now wife and a very dear friend of ours that we were out working on music with who I trusted I trusted both of them very much and that was it um and at first we didn't want to tell our family or her family because of all the shame involved so it was basically those two people for the first few weeks and then we started trying to get the police involved yeah how did that go I know a lot of survivors are like like tired Mm -hmm. (laughs) when they get to that point for sure yeah it went terribly the police basically the Atlanta police department was trying to kind of shame me for I shouldn't have drank the alcohol so Mm. then I may not have ended up in that situation Um, but then also they were saying because my ex was in the UK when he uploaded the videos it wasn't their jurisdiction and revenge porn didn't even exist as a common term but certainly not on the books for any states yet and so they said you know there's nothing we can do go talk to the UK police so I would do that and then the UK police were like well the act was committed in Atlanta, so go talk to them. So I was being passed back and forth. And then the Atlanta Police Department, who was incredibly cold and didn't make me feel safe. I was interviewed by a male detective, and a male detective was watching videos of me and just felt so cold and, and ashamed. Yeah. And um, I would say that, that that whole experience came to nothing and, and was just hor- horrible. Wow. That's a lot. That's that's a lot to be like, I finally got it to enough like together to be like, hey, I need help. And they're like, oh, well, that's cute. Yeah, it's your fault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you process that? I mean, I just internalized even more shame. How could yeah. I let this happen? How could I trust someone to get me so drunk? How could I have done this? Or like, what a terrible person I am for ending up in such a vulnerable state. Basically, society's views and opinions were on my shoulders for a very long time. Um, And at the same time, I just always had this... I didn't really fit in as a kid, and I had my hair cut short. Like I dressed in boy clothes. I wanted to look like a boy. I thought about, did I even want to be a boy? I just knew I didn't want to be anything girly, and I was relentlessly teased. And so there was this part of me that fast forwarding to the revenge porn stuff that was like I can't let somebody get away with this yeah this is wrong and I'm going to keep beating on these doors even when I didn't have any strength you know Bria stood in my place and and beat on the doors for me to find someone who said yes this is wrong and you deserve justice yeah because you do (laughs) I'm glad you had someone that was like okay you need to take a break tag me in yeah, like I, I mean, there was weeks that I couldn't even really get out of bed. And um, I guess that second wave of PTSD was incredibly crippling. And I started having nightmares and night terrors and just really immobilized. And so Bria stepped in and we started calling attorneys from all across the country and in the UK who would potentially care. And most of them didn't know about revenge porn. Most of them said there wasn't a law. And Bria this whole time was calling as me, like saying, mm. my name's Chrissy and this is what has happened yeah. to me. So without her, honestly, I I couldn't have pursued justice. I would have just been too <sighs> deflated. 
What did your healing look like? Like, did you get a therapist or anything like that? I got the the road of healing was a really rocky one. I immediately turned to drinking to try to numb that pain and, and smoking and just trying to be out of my head. Yeah. And I wasn't in therapy, I don't think, until after I told Bria I'm done drinking and then she came home and found me, like the low heart rate and she thought I was dead, but I just I drank so much alcohol. And I woke up in the ER and I promised to never to never drink again and I was like, I don't wanna die over this. Yeah. And uh, that same friend who had been with us when we found out said, as your friend, if our friendship is going to continue, I will pay for it. I don't care. You have to go see a trauma therapist. Yeah. And that was when I was like re-diagnosed with PTSD. And I started um, RRT, which is called Rapid Resolution Therapy. Mm-hmm. And it was incredibly transformative for my healing. And I continued that for several months. And that's... That's when I think I got on the real road to recovery, about seven months after we found out about the videos. Yeah. Are you still seeing a therapist right now? I'm not seeing a therapist, like a trauma specialist right now, um, because, you know, this is America and insurance sucks and there's it's so hard to get access to, to good help, but we... But I want to, where my wife and I are moving up to the Portland area soon, and I want to continue or pick back up and find a great therapist up there. Rapid Resolution Therapy is designed to, in just a couple of sessions, be able to really turn you around mm-hmm. in like a 180 degrees fashion with how you're processing your trauma. Yeah. And I found it so valuable the first time. And then when we got to California, I went several more times. Um, but I would love to be back into to regular talk therapy or trauma therapy. Yeah. I mean, it's so important to just have someone that like knows what they're doing. Because mm-hmm. I've I've definitely like gone into sessions and been like, oh, you're you're scared. And I haven't even told you anything yet. Right. Yes. No, I've experienced that, too. Um, or you become the therapist for them. So. Oh, that's a terrible situation. Uh-huh. Yeah. So like this has been. How long of a time of time frame of all of this? Um, I would say that I first started going through trauma with this ex. Um, almost, I would say, is it? Wait, just one second. It's twenty eighteen. Okay, so I I first went through trauma with this ex nine years ago this month. Mm-hmm. But as far as the revenge porn is concerned, I found out June eleventh, two thousand thirteen. So a little over five years ago. Yeah. And you're still healing and processing this. Oh, every day. I mean, yeah. it's it's definitely, I feel like I wear it like an identity badge, like I, my trauma. You know, I can't, it affects every aspect of my life. But, you know, for anybody listening or, or feeling like, gosh, this is such a depressing, sad story, or I've been through this and how do you get past it? As much as I wear my trauma as a badge that I cannot help, I think I also wear it as a badge of, of strength and of yeah. where I've been and, and what I've come from. And and it defines who who I was in the past. It defines who I am in the present. And it defines all the kick-ass things I'm going to be able to achieve in my future. Yeah, I love that. I think it's so important 
that a lot of people put our traumas and just start looking at us like we're sad, broken toys or little puppies. Mm -hmm. That it's like, this is something that's happened to me. Mm -hmm. Like, this isn't everything that I am. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you just said that. That's beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) Um, I know you were saying, like, it's hard to find a therapist because, I mean, it is. Like, it's hard to find people that listen and the money, like... Do you think in all of this you had to, there were any like financial struggles? Oh my God, yes. Um, We we were just finding success and finding our feet with our YouTube channel when this all came out. And we've documented so much evidence of losing out on thousands and thousands of dollars in wages over the years, tens of thousands, on lost brand deal opportunities because once this came out, we weren't brand friendly at all, which we were already teeter-tottering that line being LGBTQ. Um, But then as well as people abandoning our channel, like our biggest loss of viewers and subscribers ever that we ever had came in that month versus our whole, we were, we had 50,000 subscribers then and say we have almost 800,000 now on that channel. And still to this day, the biggest loss of subscribers we ever had was during that month that we found out about the videos. More, I think, more than ten thousand. So um, it affected us, you know, and still affects us to this day. Yeah, and and like you said, it's like ongoing, like you're healing. Like mm-hmm. every day is a different day, mm-hmm. which is kind of so shitty. Yeah, but it's also kind of great because you're like every day is a different chance to figure it out. I definitely like this. I mean, this is is a very it's a sad story and. I've been and I am still, you know, I am still broken, but also I'm the brokenness is healed and maybe I heal back a little differently, but I'm I'm strong again. Just like what you were saying, every day is a new day for my personal recovery journey. Like I've after this last relapse, I've started AA, which I was I really balked at in the past because of the God thing, which for anyone who is afraid of that um, and afraid of having kind of Christianity shoved down your throat, I just got an amazing <laughs> acronym for atheists or non-believers Ooh. out there. Uh, God as group of drunks, okay. because I'm finding that's where I'm finding my wisdom <laughs> is from the group of drunks, the collective wisdom of the group, and that the teaching of every day is a new day. Every day, take it by day by minute by well wait take it by day by hour even by the minute is kind of redefining how I'm looking at my recovery is you know if I have a bad couple of days or if I have a bad hour a bad morning that tomorrow I get a reset you know and tomorrow could be better and completely unrelated and just a fresh slate and I'm trying to to look at at life like that moving forward I didn't realize until this relapse and I'm sure so many Victims, survivors have felt this, but I've really had all these five years, I've had so much really deep-rooted self-hatred and um, shame and just a lot of guilt uh, at the burden I've been having my PTSD and all of the the lost opportunities to work or, or how much responsibility my partner had to take on. I didn't realize how much I had internalized just a lot of terrible feelings towards myself. Yeah. And even though I've been meditating the last year or so, and I tell our audience, I tell people, you know, you've got to have self-love. I just didn't know that I was not practicing that. I did not. I don't think that I really loved myself. And so just over the last two and a half weeks, I've been trying to treat myself with a lot more care and a lot more compassion. And I can already tell that 
just a burden is sort of lifting. So. I think that's so important. Yeah, I mean, no matter how long ago I think whatever struggle you went through was, it is, it's just truly never too late to, to start a new page and to start living a healthier life, especially on the inside. Yeah. And you, I mean, you're still living your life Mm -hmm. in the limelight. Yeah. Um, how is that? How is that now? Uh, you know, it's very strange living in the limelight because I'm, I'm an incredibly, even though I may seem sociable and and extroverted, uh, Dan knows this, like (laughs) I am a very, very, very introverted person. I'm a complete loner. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, I don't watch videos. I don't watch YouTube. I don't consume media on videos. I film our videos and I'll proof them to go up. But I think that having, you know, such a, having such a private aspect of your, your life exposed and, and that vulnerability and in a sense kind of stripped bare literally has made me even more so like I don't really go on the internet a ton unless I'm researching or reading um, because I, I just find that that's healthier for my mental health. Yeah. Um, and I, I sort of avoid it. If I wasn't a social influencer, didn't need the internet to, to make a living, I would literally never go on it. I mean, I, my horse is in Burbank and I ride her to the grocery store. Like I am not in the right century. <laughs> so, um, I love it. Just watching you walk down the street on the home. Yes. I'm into that. That's cute. Yeah. Um, so you said like you, you wrapping this up almost like, you don't really utilize that and it's part of your self-care. What else is a part of your self-care? I think that um, the other aspect of my self-care is definitely, you know, for me, I'm most alive, most connected when I'm in nature. So getting out outside, hiking, exercise, um, boxing was a big part of my healing for a while, getting out that anger. Um, but also just physical fitness uh, trying to be strong on the outside really does help me be stronger on the inside and um, having healthy people you know I have just a very few people that I keep around in my life but having those people be so supportive so my wife um, and and for me my other most important relationship is with my horse and getting to spend having a morning routine where every day I wake up and I go spend the the morning several hours four or five hours with her and just kind of reconnecting and and I meditate out there that kind of thing is how I try to stay healthy how about you I want to know I I've got these questions that I've been building up tell but, me ask me away okay um so <laughs> I guess I I want to know like how long you've been working with trauma victims for you said 10 years yeah it's weird it's so long and are you a victim of trauma I am how how long have you been carrying that around with you? And how did you, how long did it take you to get to a place where you feel really healthy about that trauma? Um, so I was assaulted my third year in college. Hmm. I woke up and someone was standing over me. Yeah. And like I wasn't out partying. I wasn't drunk. Mama was sleeping in her bed. <laughs> And it was someone that I had a relationship with. Mm-hmm. And so my roommates had let them in. And also because they were sleeping with their roommate. And I was like, no one, no one informed me. I was asleep, snoring, like five dreams in. Um, and I think one of the things was I continued to see this person because in my mind I rationalized, oh, well, they're someone I've been seeing. 
Yeah. Um, and then in turn, I also drank a lot. Mm-hmm. I it was at the point where I carried a bar in my trunk. Mm-hmm. And it was just easy. And I was just fun gym that was dancing on tables. But what people didn't know, because I didn't talk about it until recently, but I started my own like journey, like trying to heal um, like four years after when I was like, I'm tired. Mm -hmm. And like I was still going to school and doing all the things I was functional, but I wasn't healthy. Yeah. Um, And so like you were saying, like therapy is expensive as shit. And I was like, I'm a college student forever like what is money um I went spiritual I started connecting within Uh and being like hey I don't know why I'm so angry like I don't know why I get drunk and choke people and punch them like I feel like this is dangerous Mm -hmm. um and I started meditating yeah and I started looking at astrology and like finding someone that could like reflect my thoughts back to me um, and it made sense. Hmm. And then I was like, I'm going to go be a therapist. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask was, did your trauma influence your decision to want to go and b- become someone who could offer assistance to other people who had been through similar things? Um, I always say I'm a child of trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my mother was murdered when I was one oh my God. and they found me with her body. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, and again, this is something that happened, right? Like it's not everything, but I think knowing that like I wanted to help women and I was like how do I do this and I was like law and order I watch a lot of law and order and I was like criminal justice SVU it has to be the thing and then the more I researched it I was like their burnout rate is crazy also I'm drinking every day then I got kicked out um Mm. and what really turned it for me I was like I'm gonna go back to school and do psychology but before that I became a rape crisis counselor I was the person in the hospital holding your hand, holding people's hands as they're retelling their stories Mm. and getting their SART kits. And it was the most humbling thing that I ever did. Wow. And to have someone trust you enough to be like, yes, you can be here with me as I'm recanting. Maybe the scariest thing that's ever happened. I went home and I was like, oh, my God, I love this. My friends are like, what? And I'm like, you don't get it. Like, this is who I am. Hmm. So it's just been like a journey. I've worked in like so many facilities and mental health. And I was like, everyone is affected by trauma. Mm-hmm. And then I started working in sex ed and I was like, this is cool and all. But we're not talking about the thing that also connects us all together. Wow. And that's where I'm at. And that's how we're sitting together. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, it, it, there's nothing like the solidarity of having someone else understand the pain, even if it's not the same experience, like you holding, holding those, those victims hands, you know, they, they probably felt safe. Uh, and well, of course they felt safe, but even if they didn't know what you'd been through, I'm sure you just, you seem, you're a learned woman and <laughs> you also have this presence about you of, of like, I understand and it, I mean, I have not even had very many. I think we've met one time prior to this on a dance floor. And right, like my life. right now, it's just <laughs> there's like a sense of safety and calm that, that makes people want to open up. So that's really amazing that you've turned that all around to go and help other people. I'm glad you feel that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a thing that I'm very thankful of. 
And I understand it's also a privileged space Hmm. for someone to be like, here's all my shit. Definitely. Can you hold it? Yeah. And I think in all the work, I'm like, that's like kind (laughs) of, I can hold it. Wow. Like whatever you say to me is not going to scare me. That's amazing. So, yeah. (laughs) How are you feeling over there? I feel, uh... I get nervous not to speak, but I think when I'm talking about it in the beginning, I felt like kind of tense just because it's like when you've gone through trauma, when I have pretty much I have like a photographic memory. So it's like I'm there again. And then just through the conversation, it feels I feel like very settled. Like I'm deeper in my chair and I just feel calm. So you look different. Hmm. You look different. Yeah. Thank you. Well... I know we've had such a good time. Mm-hmm. We even got to laugh. So you can laugh and talk about trauma. Yes, y'all. yes, you can. <laughs> well, thank you for coming. Is there before you leave me? I'm so sad. Is there anything you want to plug? Oh, um, <laughs> give that space to, you know, I, I guess like, well, our, our YouTube channel where we've, we talk so extensively about the trauma and PTSD, alcoholism, and even the recent relapse is youtube.com slash Bria and Chrissy, um, but then recently I've also been on You Now doing live streams talking about it in the day-to-day, real-time, real shit, and that's younow.com slash Bria and Chrissy. Also, my personal Instagram is at Chrissy Chambers, and that's basically where I post all my therapy, which is mostly me riding my horse, and um, then recently I've been I've been searching for for years now for what is my greater purpose in all of this? How can I move this forward in a bigger way? And so I came up with a a space where people can begin healing um, through the body, the mind, and the spirit called Wonder Warriors. And it's it's getting strong through the pain that you've gone through. So that is at Wonder Warriors. More more coming on that soon. I'm so excited for Wonder Warriors. I. Just want to hear so much more about it. I will be following all of this as you should also. Um, And as I promised, resources, because we never have enough of those. And also you will notice as we go through, they are all tailored to the people we're speaking with. So one resource I'm always going to suggest is getting a therapist because support is great. Um, And a lot of times people think the only way you can get a therapist is in person. But online therapy is also an option. Our sponsors, Pride Counseling, connect you with a counselor within 24 hours. You can filter to find exactly what kind of therapist you'd like. And if you don't like that person, you can also be matched with someone else within 24 hours. I know it's great. You can video chat, talk on the phone, do in-app messaging, and it's available on desktop or mobile. PrideCounseling.com queen to find your personal counselor for as low as $35 a week. And then we have nsvrc.org. Victim Connect Resource Center is a place for victims of any crime nationwide to learn about their rights and seek out resources, including legal aid, advocacy, and treatment. Resource number three, Surviving a Cyberstalker. How to Prevent and Survive Cyber Abuse and Stalking by Alexis Moore. If you're a reader like I am, this book may be kind of magical for you. I'm hoping so. Um, the book is about a survivor of domestic abuse and cyberstalking. Now a lawyer in cyberstalking authority, Alexis has written this practical guide to help people prevent and escape cyber abuse and cyberstalking. 
and resource number four is especially because we have Chrissy here is equine therapy. You can go to equsfoundation.org. Equine therapy is assisted therapy that encompasses a range of treatments that involve activities with horses and other equines to promote human physical and mental health. And before we go, I also want to give a shout out to the people that make this possible. The podcast artwork is by Zoe Loves, Z-O-I-E-L-O-V-E-S, engineered and edited by Andy Alseri, A-N-D-Y-A-L-S-E-R-I, and produced by one of my favorite humans, Boy God King, B-O-Y-G-O-D-K-I-N-G, and me, I'm your host, Jiminika, J-I-M-A-N-E-K-I-A, and you can find all of us on Instagram. Thank you for listening and take care of yourselves.